fun. Nothing else matters. And when those two imperatives clash, opt for the first. That's all you need to know. So how come I was on hand when Hitler wanted a guide to Italy's artistic treasures and some booby decided I was the man for the job? Well, my parents had died for one thing. As you know, it's something parents tend to do. We're obliging like that. Only mine were unusually precipitate. Having lived long enough to bequeath me my linguistic heritage, they succumbed to the influenza pandemic. Thereafter, The best efforts of guardians and governesses notwithstanding, I developed into a remarkably feckless young man, given to roaming the Wicklow Mountains and loafing about the National Gallery. It was an education of sorts. Post-commencement, and loath to live in a free state subject to the tyranny of men in black frocks, I took myself on a European tour and fetched up in Italy, thus joining the ranks of displaced Irish vagabonds dotted about the continent, Joyce in Trieste, Beckett in Paris, the other Joyce bound for Berlin, and Colgan in Rome. The name is known now, the face more so. After we moved to France, I became a TV pundit, capable of delivering unrehearsed to camera however many seconds or minutes the producer requires on any topic pertaining to popular culture, politics, the arts, or the shocking shenanigans of my daughter's shrill generation. But back in the thirties, I was Europe's least promising Irishman, the last man whose face one would expect to see in the papers. Short of funds, I cast about for a job that would not involve anything much resembling work. The gallery required an English-speaking art historian to be its new assistant curator. I was an historian with an eye for a painting. I only had to append an art— and I had a job. I did what was necessary. Three years later, Hitler heads south, intent on visiting the monuments and museums of Rome and Florence. Benito is not a man for monuments and museums. Monumental women, yes. Just look at his principal paramour, that hapless Fribberty gibbet Claretta Patacci. But statues and paintings are not his thing. A guide is required, one familiar with the works and fluent in German and Italian. Colgan gets volunteered. Who proposed me, I do not know. If I had, I would have had strong words with him. I didn't want the job. I never wanted any job, certainly not one that entailed being chummy with tyrants. But these things happen sometimes. Admittedly, I had the languages and could prattle on about paintings— I even had a passion for mountains, a fact that might have been seen in a positive light by anyone familiar with those dreadful photos of the Fuhrer in the Bavarian Alps, a faintly moist look in his eye, his stumpy little legs clad in lederhosen. But it still seemed unjust that a blameless individual like myself should have come to the attention of the diplomats, a class who can be quite pitiless when putting on a show for visiting bigwigs. I told them the honour should go to an Italian— They offered me a passport. I smoked, I said. Herr Hitler hated smoking. I was informed that I would not smoke in his presence. I wasn't a proper art historian at all, I said. I knew the pictures, they said. I knew the history, the languages. That was enough. I even hinted that I was a pansy, but nothing put them off. You will not proposition our guests, they said. 
this without cracking a smile. Can you imagine? I mean, it's all very well being obliging to strangers, but the idea that even the most rampant homosexualist should have... Have you seen these people? Goering. Actually, he stayed at home to mind the shop, but Himmler, Hess, Ribbentrop. The mere thought makes me queasy. So I played my trump card, told them I was a notorious and ardent anti-fascist. As it happens, I wasn't really an anti-fascist, still less a notorious and ardent one, but I was desperate. The Duce, they said, can tolerate a little opposition. It was true, too. He even released the odd communist on occasion. He wasn't really cut out for the dictating business. Concerning my political credentials, I suppose that insofar as I was anti-anything, you might have called me anti-fascist. But to be honest, I was more with Woodhouse on this one.